Quick CYA, otherwise known as a disclaimer, the following podcast includes financial information that is for informational purposes only. The information shared comes from the opinion of the host, that would be me, from personal experience, research, and advice from others. I am not a certified financial advisor, nor do I have any financial credentials besides an interest in learning more. I hope you find this information helpful, but do not make any financial decisions solely based on the information provided here. Thank you. By no means am I telling people to like penny pinch and not get the things you want or love because I want to live a luxurious lifestyle, but it's going to be a luxurious life that I can afford. Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating, because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. Kiani, can you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background on who you are and um, what you do? Just give like the general before we dive in. Of course. So my name is Kiani Epps. I am from the very small town of King Street, South Carolina. Um, I am a recent graduate. I just graduated from the College of Charleston in May. So woohoo, shout out to all of the mm-hmm. class of 2020 Congrats. graduates. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, in school, I majored in public health, but now I have transitioned into the personal finance space and really wanting to help people um, with their finances, specifically 20-somethings and young adults, so that we can start developing good money habits that can transcend to what we do in the future. Yes. Oh my gosh. Your, uh, your presence on Instagram is insane. And of course we always link everything. Um, but, um, it's go grind grow, correct? I'm getting all the, and I, you, one of your posts was shared and I was like, wow. And I, I found her page and I was like, this is great. I've been following ever since. That's how I like learned about you. That's how I connected with you. Um, and I love everything that you're doing. Um, that's definitely why I wanted to bring you on. Um, because, that's something that we talk about a lot is, or at least I talk about a lot. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> listening, um, but about finances and yeah, bringing those money habits um, and, and that money mindset uh, right. when you're in, in, you know, you'd like it to be younger than your twenties, but your twenties are such a pinnacle moment to set up your future. Um, mm-hmm. I think like the, the fire movement or like retiring early, like that kind of stuff, like financial independence is something that's, gaining popularity and that's great but it's also something that unless you hear from other people or hear you know somebody your age talking about it in our terms it doesn't seem accessible um so how did you how did you get into finances like when you studied public health how did you get into that space yeah and that's a great question so I got into the personal finance space through my own financial troubles. So my second semester of, well, not not second semester, my first semester of my senior year, it was probably one of the most financially challenging times of my life. So literally, I was living above my means. I, like, I was blessed enough to go to college without any debt. So I have no student loans. Mm -hmm. But each semester, I received, like, this huge, like, refund check, right? Yeah. So I had this refund check. and 
immediately because it's senior year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to move off campus. I want to get this apartment, blah, blah, blah. But really that wasn't the best financial decision for me to make, right? So with that refund check, I was treating it as if it was income, but it wasn't. I was just spending, spending, spending and not necessarily taking care of what I needed to take care of. And on top of that, I had two part-time jobs on campus and I was working so hard, but had nothing to show for it. So November of 2019 was probably like one of the most challenging times of my financial life. And I realized in that moment, Kiani, if you don't do something different with your finances, you are going to be in deep, deep, deep trouble. So um, just really my own challenges and then me getting through that, I knew that I wasn't the only 20-something who had been wasteful, who had been struggling financially, who really just didn't know about money. So that's what like really launched me to get into the personal finance space and share things with other people. Wow. So how did you turn that around? Because I bet there's a lot of people who are listening saying, that's where I am right now. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is a mess. How did you, right. what are like the, some practical steps that you took um, to get yourself out of that? Mm-hmm. So initially, um, I just really wanted to get a grasp on where my money was going because like I said I was working really hard and had not a dime to show for it Mm -hmm. so I literally took out a sheet of white paper I drew a line in half and I put okay this is what I have coming in my income and this is everything that I have going out so I can remember me being like reading through my bank statements on my first citizens baking app and this everything and I was writing down everything from apple music to apple storage to netflix like each and every expense. So that, that's my advice if anyone is in the situation that I was in. Just get clear on where you're at. Write down what you have coming in versus what you have leaving because sometimes like that's where most of the financial stress comes in. Like we have so much leaving our account and then we look and we're like, wow, I literally have $0 or I have $20, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, that is something that that I preach and and I, you know, I've heard my friends like we'll go to a restaurant or something mm-hmm. and they will look at their bank account to see how much they can spend. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's <laughs> one, no way to live. Two, right. what? If that stresses me out so much because I'm, you know, I'm a big believer on, I, I, I wish there was another word for it, but it is budgeting. Um, you know, I track all my spending, track all my income, do the same exact thing that, that you did with the piece of paper. I do it on Excel. Like you don't have to be fancy. Um, I'm very adamant. Like I will know each dime, each penny that's coming in each dime penny that's going out. And I will know exactly where it's from, like everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, that is so important. And it's, it's, it's not even just, you know, you're like, Oh, I need to look at like what subscriptions I forgot about. It's like, no, like look at everything. If you have not gone through your bank statements, gone on your app and line by line seen like in a billing period and know whatever, what you've spent versus what you've made. Like that's, that's the place to start. Exactly. And just to touch on something that you said um, about like sitting at restaurants and then checking how much you can spend. I've been in that position before. And like you said, like that is no way to live. And that's why like my main mission is to financially empower young adults so that we don't live mediocre lives. Who wants to be sitting at a restaurant and then check your bank statements or check what's in your account just to purchase food. You know, like that is legit no way to live, but I've been in that situation before. So when people understand or like come to like 
terms of, okay, money is a tool. This is how I use it. And this is how I'm going to use it to benefit myself and others. They'll just be in a way better position. Yeah. Money is a tool. I, I love, I love that whole mantra. Um, so on your, on your website, on your social, on this, and on a lot of your platforms, you say mediocrity is unacceptable. Can you mm-hmm. speak on that, elaborate on that a little bit and how that relates into your like financial intelligence and your education? Absolutely. So when I say mediocrity is unacceptable, I want people to develop that as a mindset. That's why I say it so much. And um, one of my first blog posts was called or was titled, Don't Believe the Hype. And it's because we grow up thinking that, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get this job, this high paying job, and I'm going to live this luxurious lifestyle. Like that is my way to financial freedom or financial independence. That's the hype. And unfortunately, the hype has literally like been a gateway to mediocre lives because people are chasing a dollar, but they're not happy. Yeah. So I want people to understand how to use money so that they can follow their passion. They can do what they love to do. They can live an abundant life because money is just not money is a tool. You don't necessarily have to go to school to be a doctor, a Mm -hmm. CEO, an executive, like anything to solely make money. No, do what you're passionate about, do what you love and use money to create wealth. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Making money is a skill. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. Because I think you like, I mean, maybe not everybody, but like you kind of see people even on Instagram, especially because social media, I bet you do see people because you know, people love to flash their life, but you see people and you're like, they can make money out of anything. They like can develop, like you see, they have a skill for it. Right. And people don't understand that money is a tool. It's not like you control it. Something for you to use, not something for you to chase. Um, right. And that brings me something you you said. So side hustles, um, mm-hmm. or you said don't you know don't chase the mediocrity and and or or sorry, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Yes. Right. Um, leads into a mediocre life and there's uh things i've been reading about um now the corporate world corporate jobs to go to college get a great job get a great salary that no longer can support a not even just like a great lifestyle but like the average lifestyle if that is all that you do um you will not like retire and be able to survive on on that income and all that kind of stuff um if that's true you know I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's plenty of different situations, but, um, then it brings into the side hustle of having a side hustle, having something where you're like making that money and practicing that skill. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think you like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I, I actually don't think that there's something wrong with going in corporate America. Like, I feel like if that is what you want to do, then by all means do it. And another thing that I tell my audience is turn your income into assets. Like sometimes we focus so much on what we have coming in, but like I said, wealth is created. So we have to take that extra step. That's going above mediocrity, right? Yeah. Um, And then that goes back to like being financially educated because if we're working very hard for these institutions or just, you know, doing the things that we want to do, but we don't have enough for retirement. That is a huge, huge, huge problem. So we have to get ourselves educated on, okay, how much am I investing in my 401k? Is my employer matching um, my 401k? Is a 401k enough? Do I need to open a Roth IRA? So it just goes back to like really understanding financial terms and getting 
getting that financial education that we need to set up for our future selves. Yeah, no, I agree. And when, when I read that, I was like, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that's necessarily true, but it is true if you don't know what you're doing with your money. Like you right. said, focusing on what you're taking in, but you're not using it as a tool. Using it as a tool to get you further. Money makes money. Money can multiply right. if you know what to do with it. Um, so you talk a lot about mindset as well on your platform and changing your mindset about money. What does that mean? Um, so really what that means is sitting down for one, reading more, listening more, basically consuming consuming things that contribute to your personal growth. So I know for a fact, when I was beginning on my personal finance journey, I felt like sometimes I was unlearning more than learning. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we grew up with like these habits. We grew up with, okay, if I feel bad, I'm going to go shopping to make me feel better. And yes, like, yes that that can help you feel better but no like let's get to the root of your issue like why are you like what is it that you really need to take care of right so like just unlearning a lot consuming differently because when you consume more books when you consume podcasts basically exposure changes everything right so you yeah. don't know what you don't know so when you consume different things on a daily basis you're just really improving your mindset All right, time to take a quick break to talk about one of our non-sponsors, Princess Polly. Um, Again, I am not sponsored as of right now, but I do love to share uh, my favorite brands and products that I am loving as of late. And I just got a huge order from Princess Polly, and I'm obsessed, obsessed with the things that I got. The quality of the clothing is like way better than I thought and because the prices like I think the prices are really really good very comparable um to the quality that they're giving and I think the quality is even better than really what I'm paying which is awesome I like that they have staple pieces but then they also have um some I would say like trend driven pieces that I know will last me a long time um, and I can use season after season even when the trends uh, go down they're very versatile I got a pair of strappy black heels with like the square toe that everybody's wearing that are so cute I got this um, cute pair of high-waisted like white cream pants that are like a straight leg that are going to be perfect for transitioning into fall. Really cute with the crop tops I got. Um, just definitely go check them out. I got 20% off using Vivian Audi's, um, code and I love Vivian. So definitely check her, check, use her code. Um, if you haven't seen her on Instagram, it's just her name. I think I'll leave everything, um, including the link to Princess Polly and the code in the show notes, but for sure go shop on their website. Cause I am found They are my new favorite place to shop. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, and that's and that's what this podcast is about. Knowing what else is out there because if you don't know what else is out there, you don't know the opportunities that you you know you can take advantage of. Um, right. And did when you say unlearn, like, do you think that your um like your life experience and um like especially family usually is a big contributor um into how you thought about money and your relationship with money? Absolutely, because yeah. the fam- the family that I come from, we are huge spenders. Uh, we are huge givers as well, but that's another thing that I've had to learn, like, to, had to unlearn, like, it's a limit on giving as well. Mm-hmm. 
So giving is very important, but you don't want to get into a position where you're getting taken advantage of by friends or by other people who don't necessarily have money and they always come to you to borrow, borrow, borrow. Does that yeah, make sense? That's very different. That's very different from just being, uh, just giving. Cause I agree. I agree. Right. You, know, you get what you put out, but yeah. it's different. Um, it sounds like it from the situation that you're talking about. Right. And I've had to just, you know, change my mindset when it comes to spending. Like, I don't have to eat out every day. Like, no, that's not what I have to do. I can Mm -hmm. go, if I go grocery shopping, I should not be eating out four days a week. Like, what's the point of spending money on groceries and eating out on top of that? Like, what I try to get my audience to understand and the people who I work closely with is have financial goals for one and understand what do you want your money to do. I treat my budget as a financial GPS. Some people, they love Excel spreadsheets and stuff. I'm not that type of girl just because I don't like getting like very, I don't I don't want to say restrictive or just very like nitty gritty. Yeah. I'm just more so, okay, this is my financial GPS. This is the money that I have. Now I'm telling my money what I want it to do. I'm going to spend this amount. I'm going to save this amount. I'm going to invest this amount. And I'm going to give this amount away. And then in each one of those categories, I might break it down a little bit more, like, um, just to kind of get clear and help me on, like, my financial goals or whatever. But I think about budgeting as a financial GPS so people can really understand where their money is going because that's the root of it all. Yeah. Um, You said that when you, um, that semester that everything was a mess, you were living above your means. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk a lot about living below your means, but... Um, I understand that it's not, that's not a term that everybody hears or knows what that means. Can you explain that a little bit more? Of how I was living above my means? Yeah. What, what you were, you know, what does that mean to live above your means? And then what does it mean to live below your means? Um, and what that transition looks like? Cause especially if you're not, you know, you said you're not a person who likes to restrict things. And I think living below your means for some people can sound very scary, especially that transition into that. Cause they, yeah. that sounds like like the envelope system, very restricted. You can't have what you want. You know, you need yeah. to turn off of the dirt, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so living above your means basically means that you may or may not have enough money for your necessities and that's it. Basically, you don't have enough money to live. So that's the situation I was in. I was in an apartment. My rent was way too high because if, at, like, if for a second I did not have that refund check, and I was just relying on my two jobs, I could have potentially been homeless. Like that money was just not enough to cover rent and rent was not my only expense. So I was living way above my means. So transitioning from living above my means to living below my means, um, after I did that simple activity of just, you know, outlining my income versus my expenses, I was like, okay, so this tells me a lot here. One, I have way too many expenses. Two, I need to decrease my expenses and I need to increase my income. So I quit both of my jobs and I know that's crazy, but I needed jobs that were going to pay me mm-hmm. more money. Yeah. So I quit both of those jobs and I got two jobs. One job was at my apartment complex. So not only did they pay me more, but I also got a 20% discount on my that's rent. So smart. You're right. So that's another thing. Like you have to kind of know how to play the system so it works for you right mm-hmm. so um that was one job and then I got another job at a hotel and that was really like the bulk of my income so by me just gaining two new jobs I was already in a better financial position I just needed to one decrease more of my expenses and just like you know play with the money better so that's like that's the whole 
like that's the whole transition. Just really look at what you can take away and what you can add to make your situation better. I like that you said play with the money because yeah, you said, I you know you say you don't like Excel sheets. I love my little Excel sheet, and it, because it's my visual to move around money, play with yeah. money. I've got my little boxes, and if I move numbers from this box to this box, something happens. You know. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing. I might need you to give me an Excel spreadsheet class. It's, I love my Excel spreadsheet. I, <laughs> I made a template and just put it on my, on my website because it's, you know, and it has like the, I was, I loved it. It was color coding, like where you put your certain numbers and it's like my favorite thing. Um, but it is, I will say like, it is tedious in the fact, like I like it because I like looking at those numbers, um, mm-hmm. it's a hobby sort of, but yeah. um, you, it's, you know, I got to look at what I look at my bank statements probably once a week and I match my bank statements to my Excel sheet. My Excel sheet is what tells me where to go. Like that GPS, that, that GPS to show you where the money's going, you know, right. what you're wanting to do with it. Um, I don't look at my bank statement. I, the only reason I look at my bank statement is to see what to put in my budget and my budget tells yeah. me what I need to know. Um, so you said, um, there's two things that I want to touch on. I want to know, um, one, some mistakes that you see like people our age making. Um, mm-hmm. and then, um, you said investing. Um, and if you're comfortable talking about it, um, I think a lot of people get nervous by that, that word. They think it sounds very fancy, uh, and very inaccessible. Um, yeah. they're like, how are, is somebody my age investing? Like you must be Jeff Bezos because <laughs> like, you know, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's talk about, so we kind of went down the rabbit hole. Let's talk about investing. Um, when did you start investing? You, you don't have to go into the specifics because that can be very personal. Um, but what did that look like for you and investing education? Because you, when you, before you start investing, you kind of have to figure some things out. Exactly. So my role to investing was really rocky, but I'm very grateful for it. So essentially um, I started true, truly investing or not. Mm, okay. So there's a difference between investing and trading. So mm-hmm. I want to make that very clear first. Yes. So my pathway to really the investing education was through forex trading. So I started that with a multi-level marketing company. And at first I was learning a lot, but then I realized like, okay, this company, they are more so focused on recruiting people to join the movement more so than teaching people how to trade Forex. So I partnered with some local um, Forex traders in Charleston who are not associated with the multi-level marketing company. And they taught me more about Forex trading. And I was really getting the hang of it. But then I realized I don't really like it. Like, it's one thing to start something and be like, okay, this can make me a lot of money. But do you like doing it? And that's where I was at. I did not like doing it. So I stopped doing that. What is and that? Then, I don't think I've heard the word that you're saying. Which one? Which word? Forex. Forex. So Forex. the what foreign exchange market. So oh. essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So the foreign exchange market is basically the exchange of currency. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go to, let's say, Japan, you will have to exchange your US dollars for the Japanese yen. So back in the day, in order to do that, you had to have like $100,000 plus to even exchange currencies. But now because of technological advancements, you can do it with your iPhone and a few apps. So it's more accessible now, but it's very risky and it's a lot to learn. And sometimes you can just like, 
get with a company like a multi-level marketing company who is interested in you coming aboard to pay a subscription fee more than teaching you how to trade in the foreign exchange market. Interesting. Okay. So, so you were in there and then you got uh, like some mentors, but then you didn't (laughs) like it. Exactly. Okay. So then I, so then I stopped, I stopped forex trading. Right. Mm -hmm. So after that, I was just really more so, or not really after that, I feel like simultaneously, I was still looking more into investing um, for the long term, not trading, right? So I, when I was, I want to say January of 2020, I started my first Roth IRA. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's just an individual retirement account. And I started that with Fidelity. And um, I put $1,000 in, and I just was using their resources online, their educational resources. And I'm like, okay, so with this $1,000, what should I purchase? So I purchased Apple as a stock, I purchased a couple of ETFs, a um, couple of mutual funds. And ever since then, I have been contributing more and more to that retirement account. Um, And that has been truly a learning experience for me because I'm new. I don't have much people in my family who can tell me about a Roth IRA. So just like really using those resources online um, has helped me out a lot. So like as far as like trading, I don't really do that anymore, but I strictly invest right now in my Roth IRA. Gotcha. And do you... um... Are you very, so you were very active in the beginning. You chose who you're going to invest in. um, And of course you're contributing to it regularly, but is it something that you're um, active in? Are you still buying um, or do you just sort of contribute into what you already have? So right now I have stopped buying. Like I I contribute because, okay, I tell people to think of a Roth IRA as a savings account Mm -hmm. and then basically buy more, right? But right now I have stopped purchasing just because of the time that we're in right now and the market is, yeah, the market is really going crazy. So I want to wait a little minute before I purchase more because I feel like right now, a lot of people are like, okay, bye, bye, bye. But I bought my Apple stock when it was like two ninety one. My Apple stock now is worth like $432. Why would I go and buy an Apple stock for $432? So like the market is really like, inflator right now it's just a lot going on so I'm not really buying anything yeah so do you still um then put so I I have um Edward Jones I do my Roth IRA through Edward Jones and I have my advisor who kind of like handles like the nitty gritties um Mm -hmm. and how we do it is I I contribute every month but then not all that money every month goes into my Roth because of the same thing like it's not we don't necessarily want to buy something. It's very expensive. It's not the right time. So right. Um, we kind of, I, I'm contributing every month and I, I do, I consider my Roth IRA like a retirement savings account. Um, but then it's almost, it's like stockpiled in a different account so that when times are low and it's time to buy, we still have that and we, yeah. you know, we buy then. Um, are you still putting away or are you taking a step back and then you'll watch and then you'll move back in? Mm-hmm. Honestly, right now I took a step back, and yeah. it's, it's mainly because I did not have a job. But because now I do have a job, I'll get more active in putting money in there and just like letting it sit. But I haven't been being consistent as far as putting money away. Yeah, um, and I mean, yeah. I think like throughout my life, obviously I'm putting in a lot more than into like my retirement than I did in college. Um, mm-hmm. 
you don't have to, I think there's a lot of pressure. They're like, Oh, if I'm saving for retirement, like I have to put all this money in there. It's like, no, just, just start, start with a, start with $20 a month, start with what you can, because a lot of it's just building habits, a lot of it's building habits. And compound interest is so real. Yes. Right. The fact that we're starting in our twenties, we already have a leg up versus someone who starts in their forties or their fifties. Right. Yeah. So compound interest will take us so much further than any contribution can, honestly. Yeah, no, for real. I think like if you're starting young, well, like wherever you are, just start. Because, right. Exactly. Cause compound interest, like even if you're contributing very, very little, you are still better off than the people who are just starting at 40 and they may be like, you may be contributing $5 at 20 years old, but in the 40 year olds contributing $300 a month, you're still better off by exactly. starting now. Right. Compound interested because of time when, while time is on your side, like utilize it. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, do you do any, that is your only investing currently. Mm-hmm. And I invest in my education all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think investing is such like a funny term because um, I don't, some people think that like retirement, they don't know that, that that is still called investing, but I do put it in, in different like compartments. So for instance, like I've been re- investing with my retirement for years, but yeah. then this past year I've been very interested and I don't, I don't think it's the same trade. I don't think it's the same thing as the foreign exchange trading. Um, the terms are where I get kind of lost, but I've been very interested in being more active and, and learning and reading. Um, so I wanted to be able to do things on my own. I love my financial advisor. He makes sure that I don't mess anything up, but I was like, I'm, so I downloaded Robin hood to okay. and like, just, you know, with a couple hundred dollars, I was like, let me buy something on my own and see how, I just wanted to see how things move up and down. Right. Because those apps, although I get very weary about finance apps, like Mint and all those kind of things, like, or the, what's the one? There's one where it's, is it Acorn that like takes a couple cents from your account, like every however often? So that's the, I actually use Acorns, right? And Acorns, Acorns isn't bad. Um, That's like robo advising. Mm -hmm. So essentially a computer is, investing the money for you and I have seen some returns and they do provide excellent education that's the reason why I love acorns um and I feel like acorns is a great way for beginner investors like myself who I was like months ago yeah so like you can put money away they'll invest it for you they'll educate you so it's great for beginner investors oh that's interesting that must not be I, I remember I had an app years ago when I, years ago when I wanted to start saving and it would take like a couple cents from my account every once in a while. It said it was calculating based on my income. I was like, this is great. This is great. Well, months would go by and I would literally have saved $5 and I was like, this doesn't seem right. So that's why I'm bitter. I'm like, that wasn't it. So uh, yeah, right. I think they're, they're great for like beginners or when you're just starting or when you just need something, but it has to be, you have to invest in your own education to know what it's doing because you don't. And same with like a person, if you're going to get an advisor, you know, you want to make sure you know enough for, to know if they're going to screw you basically. Right. Um, so 
what what are some we'll go back to mistakes what are some mistakes that you see people our age making um our age i would definitely say it goes back to living above our means and i feel like because we live in such a social media age right now we're going through this stage of life where like we're comparing ourselves to people you may or may not be doing that but you're like okay this person has this like why am i not here or i should have this like I tell my people all the time, stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like literally run your own race because running your own race will keep you as humble and as financially, financially, I don't even know the right word, like financially right as possible. Like I'm living at home right now and there are plenty of friends that I have who have nice apartments. I will go visit them when I want to. Like I don't want to live at home, but I'm sacrificing right now because it is the best thing for me to do financially. So I would say that is like one of the most biggest mistakes that people are um, like making right now is just living above their means and just trying to get, trying to like rush to do things that are not necessarily the best financial move. I agree. It's and that the thing is that behavior will stick with you. Like it's something right. that we see at our age, but that's something that people see. Like how many people in America are upside down on their house? You know, right. I, I was walking through a neighborhood and, um, I, I was walking with my boyfriend and, and there were these huge, well, really not, not huge, huge homes, but it's on Daniel Island, which is very, very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. and they were on very little plots of land and, uh, they're really close together, like really close together. And these were expensive homes. Um, they were like what I would see is like the size even, and it's not far away, but like in the suburbs, it would be maybe like a $250,000 house is like 700,000. Cause it's on like Daniel Island. So it's very like, you know, wow. location, 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 but they yeah. were so close together. And I was like, why would somebody who can afford a $700,000 house af- buy one where you could lick your neighbor's window? Like <laughs> so confused. And it, it, but it was in a very, very, like, very nice neighborhood. Um, one of those communities, it's got white picket fences. Um, people were looking at us weird because they could tell that we were not from there. The pastel sweaters, like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with these communities. They're, uh, they're great. But I was like, oh, some people are here and they can't afford it, but they want to be able to say, I live in so-and-so Oaks plantation neighborhood, you know, whatever the title of the nice neighborhood in your town is called. Like there's a keeping up with the Jones mentality where they will sacrifice their finances in order to fake a lifestyle. Yeah. Very harsh. And I feel very, you know, my, my baby heart's like, Ooh, that sounds very mean to say, but it's, it's a reality. And you have to, if you don't know, if you don't know what you don't know and you got to be aware that that's, that's a thing and you cannot be caught up in that trap. And if you're trying to keep up with your friends now, you will still be keeping up with your, or trying to keep up with your friends in your forties and fifties and it will lead to financial detriment. It just, you know? Right. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Now, by no means am I telling people to like penny pinch and not get the things you want exactly. or love because I want to live a luxurious lifestyle, but it's going to be a luxurious life that I can afford. Mm-hmm. Just because I can afford an $1,000 apartment, that does not mean that I'm going to get a $1,000 apartment. Like, you have to make it make sense because I just feel like I'm not living for Kiani. I'm living for Kiani, my future kids, their kids. Like, I want to create generational wealth. So I want people to stop being so selfish, 
start being selfless and think about the bigger picture because these things matter. Like now in our 20-somethings, they might seem like, like we shouldn't be thinking about them, but like we should be thinking about them. Absolutely. Like the, the opportunity that you could give others, like, you know, not just like what you could do with your own family, what you could do with like the people that come after you. I think about, you know, how, how am I going to be able to bless people around me? Um, you know, generosity, of course, don't right. be taken advantage of, like you said, but if I, I'm, you know, if I become wealthy, if I'm able to build this, then I'm be able to give more. I'll mm-hmm. be able to give an opportunity to somebody. I'll be able to help my parents. I'll help my grandparents. Like it, there is a bigger picture and you can't get stuck in just what you like this bubble of what you know or what you think is possible. Right. Because there's, and for, sorry, you can, you go. Um, and for black people and people of color, mm-hmm. like we are already at a disadvantage because of the racial wealth gap and so many other things that come along with the black tax. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is too dangerous for us to not understand how to use money. Like I read this article that I just like don't want to believe but it says like um basically like if we keep on like if if the racial wealth gap like continues like the black the average of black wealth would be zero by 2053 and I'm like what in the world and I don't want people to think that closing the racial wealth gap is going to be like something solely on what you do personally because it's way bigger than that it's so much like societal things that go into it but I do want people to understand that you do have some sort of power to change your financial situation, right? So just because like a white woman or a white man may be making more than you at a job, like that is something that can be brought to light, but you can also use that income and turn it into an asset. Like we just can't afford to live mediocre lifestyles. We have to go that extra step in creating generational wealth and just developing better money habits that we can pass on for generations and generations. So it's just so much work to be done. Oh, that was so good. That's like mic drop right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's, there's so much more we could talk about um, with that. Yeah. You share so many resources on your platforms. Um, and so where can people find you? Um, you know, where do you give out the most information? Where can people connect with you? Um, because I know that they're going to want to hear more from you <laughs> after this. Yes. So please keep up with me on my blog. Um, you can find me at gogrindgrow.com. You can also find me there on Instagram as well. And I am DM friendly. So please DM me. You can email me any way that you want to get in touch with me. Please feel free. I'm always willing, open, and happy to share stuff about money. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. And please continue to keep doing the work that you're doing. Like it is so important that we have multiple voices and multiple avenues for people to receive this information. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I'm so glad I got to connect with you. Like it's so important, like the work that you're doing and everything that you're spreading. So I I really commend you for it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.